Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Show. A look at Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure itself, life. Though today, this is a special live recording, a news flash alert. I'm Ken Napsuck. That's the man, Joseph Scott. Sorry, I pressed the button late. I'm a live show. <laughs> Sorry, there's the unmute button. I there we go. Mute, I double Is muted there a you. better way to advertise <laughs> that we are going live than late faces and late voices? Yeah, yeah, we're having a lot of fun here, and uh, this is uh, we're we're live, baby. We're live. <laughs> I'm very excited to be alive and to be live. And, <laughs> and as uh, as our listener uh, friend David Taylor says, a faces show. Let's go. <laughs> Faces show indeed, indeed. Uh, we're also releasing this on audio as well because we still love podcasting in the traditional mm-hmm. sense. But Joseph, we uh, felt, uh, hey, we have this uh, push towards YouTube that's starting uh, in, in earnest next week. Uh, and nature is healing, meaning we talk Star Wars news, put out an episode, and then minutes later, big news broke. <laughs> it is, if you're listening for the first time for some reason or watching for the first time for some reason, a four-centered tradition that we usually record our episodes on Monday, release them on Tuesday. And it, w- it was exactly like old times. I opened uh, the website formerly known as Twitter to promote our news episode, and I had to stop because I saw that news at the top, the news <laughs> we're about to discuss. And I was like, yep, yep. we're back. We're back, baby. Yep. I was uh, on the road driving and uh, got I got a series of texts from our buddy Alden Diaz, which is not unusual. Uh, Alden texts <laughs> like he tweets. And I, oh, so I finally, you know, I have that. I can bring it up on my car now, which I've, you know, never had that Ooh. chance. Brought it up. And I was like, oh, no. And the first thing I thought was like, here we go again. Here we go again. But it's kind of fun. Maybe someone in our Discord was saying, Joseph, we're we're almost manifesting it. We posted news. That means news is going to come. So we're witches and we did this. <laughs> yes. If there's ever a slow news day, we will try to really promote our episode hard and see if we can break <laughs> some news. Uh, very impressive that you get texts on your car. Your car got a promotion. Yeah. Just like Dave Filoni. I don't know if it's a great thing when you're tr- driving down the freeway going, wait, 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 press the button. Yelling at Siri. But anyways, we're here live. Uh, we're going to dive into this news. A lot of people uh, heard what uh, happened yesterday. Uh, you know, you're going to set it up and take us through, Joseph. But Anthony, also, but Anthony Bresnikan kind of comes out, <laughs> checks his shadow, goes back in again. He's such a hardworking dude. And I know he kind of pulled himself off social media again. So it's nice to see the mm-hmm. Brez's name thrown around the Star Wars world again. Yes, I've had the the pleasure of, of meeting and having a nice dinner with Anthony Bresnikan, a, a great person. Uh clearly enjoying his job at Vanity Fair. I'm also very entertained by just the nature of this article that it is. All right, the strikes are over. Things are cooling down. It's time to drop this uh, this news bomb uh, and also just kind of press revelation. I'm not going to be so snarky as to call it a press release right? because Bresnikin is a journalist, but it is like a, hey, who do we, who does Lucasfilm, who does Filoni trust to help uh, break this news? And I think yeah. that's what's going on here with this. This Vanity Fair scoop. Absolutely. Uh, big stuff going on. And, and we're going to include, as, as we, uh, Joseph, you start to take us in, we're going to include some conversations around, around Carrie Beck. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we understand that maybe she wasn't necessarily promoted on the same day. And uh, these are titles that might have existed for a while, but there's some clarification and some changes at the top that involve her as well. So that's why we want to talk about Carrie Beck here as well. But that's enough for me and my beanie. Joseph, what do we got? <laughs> well, me and my dark, shadowy uh, lightsaber lighting are happy to report uh, shake up at the top of Lucasfilm. Dave Filoni has been named chief executive officer, and he will work alongside Carrie Beck, who is now the full head of development. Now, as I understand it, 
She was the co-head of animation development and the live action head of development. So I think it's just a, a clarification in uh, an umbrella move that she's in charge of all development, uh, which uh, I understand best from having a chance to pitch to people who report to the head of development. I've, uh, I think I've only pitched once or twice to an actual head of development, uh, but it's a big deal. It's the person who decides what's going to get made for the most part. Yeah. So uh, in general, Carrie, that means Carrie Beck brings the projects in. She's going to meet with the heavy hitters uh, who pitch and she's going to go, yeah, we're going to work on this with you. We're going to develop this with you. And then Dave Filoni is going to be there at the very beginning to say, hey, uh, let me help help you shape your creative vision in a way that fits our whole Star Wars thing we got going. Here is a key quote from Anthony Bresnikan's Vanity Fair article, uh, particularly about Filoni's job. Is beginning with a, a quote from Mr. Filoni himself. Now I'm what's called Chief Creative Officer of Lucasfilm, Filoni tells Vanity Fair, which places him into the development process much earlier and in a much more expansive capacity than his previous advisory duties. In the past, in a lot of projects, I would be brought into it, I would see it after it had already developed a good ways. In this new role, it's opened up to basically everything that's going on, Filoni says. When we're planning the future of what we're doing now, I'm involved at the inception phase. There you have it. Breaking news. The next Star Wars film is called Inception Phase. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, that's, I think, the, the big picture heart of the news. Filoni will be helping. He's got, we're going to talk about a clarifying quote a little bit later, uh, but be there at the very beginning of all of the Star Wars projects. What is exciting to you about Filoni's new role? It's just that thing that it, it, he's involved at the very beginning. And, and and there's some, you know, you start throwing around some of those buzzwords, plan and all those things and the, mm -hmm. those silly debates around them. But having someone uh, like him at the beginning who, as I've always said, love just sitting, listening to him talk about Star Wars. He obviously, we know the source of his knowledge, other than being a fan, was the man in flannel. So this makes a lot of sense. And it seems in a way that from just what you, you read in the tea leaves of past interviews and articles, that this is maybe, let's make it official what kind of happens already sometimes. Now, Dave says in this quote, and you talk about we're going to have some more clarification. Yeah, I come a little bit after because he's not there in the beginning of the process. He's not meeting with these creatives at the beginning, uh, but he's there as a resource. Uh, there was that great moment in, in Star Wars Celebration uh, that uh, I know Alex Damon said this as well in his videos watching that Fa John Favreau was saying like, yeah, you know, Dave's great. He never <laughs> shuts down an idea. He builds on it. He takes your idea, builds on it. And it just seems like this is a way to go. Let's put that on your business card. And, and that's exciting for me. Yeah, I think so. That I think that's the uh, the most exciting thing for me as well is everything that he and Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy have said about the process of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. That uh, that Favreau has as a really good track record so far. Also, Deborah Chow has talked about this with Kenobi mm -hmm. of uh, yes, Andy, and sometimes yes, budding. Uh, <laughs> Yes, but the ideas that other people bring in, um, I think in particular, the story of the creation of the Mandalorian that that John Favreau clearly was somebody who grew up with the original trilogy, loved the original trilogy, had it in his heart of uh, Boba Fett, the nameless mystery and kind of came in with a, a, a Boba Fett pitch from the heart of people who are alive in 1983. Yeah. And and it seems as though Favreau said uh, I love the heart of this, but there's some things that we need to make it match with. Mm. And instead of making it a conflict that there are different ideas about what a Mandalorian might be, turned everything that could have been a conflict into a gift, into a part of the storytelling. Mm. And I think it's just a great seamless example of the spirit of what Favreau wanted to do is part of what made the Mandalorian such a success. But what has allowed it to continue to grow is the way it fits into the Star Wars world. And I think all of that yes ending makes me really excited about this role from Filoni, that he is not there to say, you can't do that. He's there to say, maybe some canon stuff, but mostly hmm. there are these moral, spiritual guardrails to the myth hmm. of Star Wars and let's make sure that you can tell your story, but let's make sure that it is still a big part of this story, not just canon-wise, but more importantly, uh, sort of uh, 
morally, spiritually, yeah. uh, attitude, mood. It's it's those tenets of Star Wars, right? In a way, mm-hmm. and the core of it. And it's not that you can't package it up a little differently. And it's one of my favorite things about Dave Filoni, just as a fan, that that I, just, I, I trust him in that regard. I, we can get into some mm-hmm. other details and some other things um, that I don't always love, but but like even like I, I I'm you know you know my relationship with Thrawn. That's a bad guy. I don't care what you say. He's not a chaotic evil. Not a chaotic. He's a bad guy. And I trust that Dave's going to package that in the right way to Star Wars by also making him a compelling, understanding character that maybe you can empathize with and maybe you can get behind some of his decisions. But in part of the Star Wars stories and the moral tales, this is where we play with it. I just trust him in that regard. We'll see. And I'm always open to where they go with Ron. And maybe, you know, he's smoking that cigarette on that chair and gets up and makes a different decision. Uh, the greatest behind the scenes photo ever, by the way, of, of, of Lars. Uh, but that's that's what I like. And I, I feel that's what y- y- you're kind of talking about here. So the, the core things, he understands it and loves them. He doesn't just understand it, have an encyclopedic, I study this. It's like, this is what it means to me. And these are what it means to tell these stories. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Filoni has always been uh, willing to explore some of the sort of ambiguity, the moral gray areas, the yeah. questioning but I think he also always comes back to this ultimately has this uh, set of beliefs and perspectives uh, that Lucas set down. And I think having having those um, guarded means that all the other elements can be explored in interesting ways. Uh, we're going to get in, into that a little bit more, but I've, I want to talk about it from just a, a public relations perspective, Ken. Yeah. Does this really make him the face of Lucasfilm, uh, the Star Wars Feige that many fans have clamored for. Obviously, Carrie Beck is a, a, a still a huge part of this. It isn't just Filoni is in charge of Star Wars. There's still, hey, Kathleen Kennedy. But from a public relations standpoint, fans know him. Fans already have a relationship with him. Is there going to be a shorthand that he is the public face of Star Wars? I for better or worse, yes. <laughs> and I think I could have points on both sides. But yeah, I think this is kind of what it is in a lot of ways. Um, there's been a lot, I'm not the first to say this in the last couple of days, there's a pro wrestling a- 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 analogy in, in the WWE, uh, Paul Levesque, uh, Triple H. This is his role. He's the chief creative officer, right? So he has mm-hmm. a little bit more to do with the business side. <clears throat> and so for better or worse, He's the guy telling the stories. He's the guy developing the talent. He's the guy bringing you in to help make your vision and make it get you to WrestleMania, right? And I've had a few conversations already the last couple of days about Dave's Triple H, and and it's true. And I, and I think <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I, I absolutely think we, we should talk a little bit, and we are, and it's in there. Let's talk about Carrie Beck uh, because I think it's a uh, it's. Dave, this isn't Dave uh, making one move to the big office. I think if anyone's going to get to the Kathleen Kennedy position, it would be carried back down the line. And and that's why I, I think I have that or worse kind of thought sometimes in my head about Dave. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, there is a difference between, obviously, e- executive positions are creative yeah. and creative positions have executive responsibility but I also do think Filoni remains a kind of a creative and a, and I mean this as a compliment, a Star Wars nerd at heart. And I think he would probably rather be dealing with, uh, is Cloud City still producing Tabana gas at this point yeah. in the timeline? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> than some of the um, more gritty stuff that uh, executives uh, can get into on the business side of things. Um, yes. I, I, I love the, the wrestling analogy. It makes sense to me from a, a different life experience that I had. Uh, there is the, the Fringe Festival that many people know started in, in Edinburgh as a, as a response to a festival that a, a bunch of people weren't being led into. It's spread all through uh, the, the world. Um, I was involved for a long time with the Minnesota Fringe Festival. It's one of the, it was at one time the biggest in North Minneapolis. It's one of the biggest in North Minneapolis. Mm. It started and, and it, it had a, a real good, theater business executive as the producer. And it, and it kind of struggled. And then uh, this guy who was both like a theater booker, but also a performer himself. He like, he had worked in a circus. He did a one man show about falling out of a Ferris wheel and getting actual brain damage. He took over. And the man was like, it's the fringe festival. Mm. It's about fun. Mm. I am a carnival barker. I'm the executive producer and I do the business, but I'm the face and I'm going to make sure that it's always fun. It's always a show. Now, 
I don't think Filoni is going to be like, I'm going to come out to Star Wars Celebration. I'm going to juggle, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's yeah. going to have that sort of carnival barker attitude. But in the same way of like that, that Feige is the face. I, I think Filoni is going to be the face. I think he's got a lot of experience now. Uh, fans, even uh, one fan responded to one of our posts that we're going to do this with a gif of Filoni saying, interesting, interesting. He, he always <laughs> already has some like yeah. bits some tricks <laughs> for yeah. relations. So I think it's natural. I think it's good. I also think that for myself and for the way that, that we talk about uh, any, any creator, mm-hmm. but particularly somebody who's now going to be the face of Star Wars, I always want to check myself and say, this is a human being. Yeah. He's a talented human being yeah. with a cool job, mm-hmm. cemented his place in entertainment history, but he is a human and we should not deify him. We shouldn't put him up on a pillar. We should not demonize him. We, if he makes a decision we don't like, we shouldn't be whacking him like a pinata mm-hmm. <laughs> to get our own little comedy points in. Um, I think him moving to this sort of stature as the face of star Wars makes me really want to always center. Uh, he is a human being with the thoughts and feelings and hats and <laughs> flaws. And yeah. he's, he's going to make choices that people love. He's going to make choices that people don't like. He is uh, not the savior or the destroyer of star Wars. <laughs> he's a talented man with a cool job. And I wish him the best. <laughs> I love, he's not the savior, nor the destroyer. Yeah. And, and, and those, <laughs> those winds change rather rapidly in the fandom. Yeah. And, 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 in, in my comment about, uh, you know, about Carrie Beck is just kind of what you're saying is like she, she's a little bit more in the business side. She's a creative and I think she's done some great work, clearly. Uh, but she's always kind of dealt more directly with the artists about bringing them in or, or, you know, some of the other projects, the animation projects. And that's the person more in line to run a studio. Uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, uh, talking about our, we keep talking about our personal experiences. I, I got hired for a job. I thought it was a real creative job. And the third day on the job, they sat me down. They're like, all right, here's the contracts for all the YouTubers you got to go get. I was like, this is the wrong job for me. <laughs> like, no, I don't do that. And I don't, I'm not saying Dave doesn't understand and wanted to work with contracts, but exactly what's your point. He's like, great, Carrie, go get him in. I got some homework to do on, on Cloud City. I, I love that, love that way, you, love the way you said that. Yeah, and, and and I think it is important uh, that that it, that there is a, a lot of voices in that. A big part of what Carrie Beck's job is is to bring in different voices with different perspectives uh, creatively, mm-hmm. and then for Filoni to help guide those, keep those voices, those voices, yeah. and help guide them through the complexities of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, here is another Filoni quote from the article. Uh, Filoni says, I'm not telling people what to do, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like a part of the Jedi Council almost. He described his responsibilities as understanding the intent of the filmmakers and being a resource to them based on his mentorship under Lucas himself and his years spent steering the Clone Wars, Rebels, and Ahsoka. Filoni uh, quoted again, literally hours now of Star Wars storytelling I have done he said, before pausing to rethink his syntax. See, I even phrased that like Yoda. Uh, I wanted to include that uh, quote in our discussion because I think it's great clarity about what we're saying. He's there to to guide and help, not to make all the decisions. Uh, But this quote also makes it crystal clear that the man is a giant Star Wars fan himself. And how do you think that impacts his creative guidance. You know, let's say there's a, a really hot up and coming director who's seen the Star Wars movies. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I like it. Um, but are, is not steeped in it. They don't know who Pong Krell is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are in, encountered and, and gifted with mm-hmm. a, with the creative assistance of a massive, I mean, this is a compliment nerd. Mm-hmm. How do you think that impacts the process? Uh, I I think it's a it's a great example of of, of how someone's love and understanding and knowledge of of the property that they're working in will, will make it uh, better, keep it going strong, uh, improve it, and help those that just like you're describing, right? Like it, it, it again goes back to every interview. There, this Variety article has that like, oh, we learned so much from Dave, and you hear that over and over. Um, and that that's encouraging to me as as a fan. Uh, as we'll get into some of the other issues, I'm glad that maybe he's 
in a position where he's not putting pen to paper for everything that maybe the, mm. the ball's being handed off and, 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 and he's getting to help, as he says, what you intend, understanding the intent of the filmmakers. Um, I think that's fascinating stuff. And it's not, there isn't, there isn't going to be pushback or arguments. There's a great little thing of Ray Stevenson and him kind of going back and forth of Ray going, I'm not a bad guy. He is, you know, you're a bad guy. Um, Dave, <laughs> like you or I, you know, I think we have a, a, a nice understanding of some of the things around Star Wars. There's folks out there who disagree with us vehemently about some of our takes. Like, but, but when someone like Dave says that there's a, there's a, a feeling of love before authority that I love how this works, not I know how this works. And let me try to share that. Mm. With you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a, I'm really hopeful about this entire sort of structure. Cause I think it's such an important balance yeah. about fandom of mm. you, you and I can, I, I think have encountered this in a really interesting way. I can't remember what uh, it, I think it was a, a, a live Q and a, mm where we were talking about the different sort of levels of Star Wars fandom and how it's possible to get lost in the weeds of fandom uh, and lose sight of kind of big picture or how people who are more casual Star Wars fans might interact with Star Wars. Mm. And you and I talked about how uh, it, when we were kids, uh, nobody knew who Lobot is. And, and now we're like, yeah, most people know who Lobot is. And, and someone gave us, kind of snarky but very nice reality check of like uh my dudes <laughs> normal humans don't know who lobot is right but i felt that because i have been in the weeds doing this podcast and and mm -hmm. and this show and and having relationships and friendships and going to celebration and um and and most of my personal friends being yeah. somewhere on the nerd <laughs> uh you know Scale. collection <laughs> uh so i wonder sometimes if that is something that basically creators coming in from the outside almost can help Floney with because Floney knows mm -hmm. it so well. Mm -hmm. He interacts with the fans. And, and again, I mean, this is a compliment. Yeah. He knows the kinds of things that are on our mind. He knows that if this character pops up, then a lot of hardcore fans are going to have these 800 assumptions and connections and questions. Mm -hmm. And that, that can be good. But then I think also, having other outside creators who maybe are coming in with the project saying, I want to do a, a, a project set during the clone wars. Oh my God, is Floney going to be uh, <laughs> instrumental in that? But maybe is, yeah. maybe also you need that fresh perspective to go. It, it it's okay. It, it, the, the, yeah. This show is for people who know who Lobot is and people who don't know who Lobot is. It's, it's that balance with star Wars, right? It, it, it's, it's uh, there's been a couple of times during the Ahsoka series where I had a, turn on the couch and be like all right so okay so there's they're called the mortis gods and i just watched the eyes glaze over all right and not i'm not gonna be they're not being snarky about it they're just like i don't know and 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 it does kind of affect enjoyment from shows at times and yeah. so you got to find the balance and i know and, and by the way i know dave's aware of that because he's mentioned that several times in interviews um mm -hmm. but yeah i i i i think that's why i really love that part of the quote of the intent of the filmmakers uh, I don't even know if Tony Gilroy knows who Lobot is, but you know, if he needs to show up, he'll show up. But it's like, that's, that's a perfect marriage. That's the kind of thing I want that exchange you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think, uh, another thing that is great about him saying, let me help you with whatever you want to do. I think naturally as a fan, he has his things that he likes, or mm -hmm. even I think, you know, sometimes maybe like, ah, this is a part of star Wars, but I don't gravitate toward it or, or, mm -hmm. I kind of think it should be more like this. Um, yeah. I think it's great that, that Carrie Beck is bringing in the projects uh, so that when they come to Filoni, he can go, hey, if it's this legacy character, hmm. maybe it's not my favorite legacy character. Maybe it's not my favorite take on this legacy character. But hmm. Filoni still knows the hell out of that character yeah. and will have great insights on that character. So I think there's there's good balance in... Uh, in, in him being able to help guide uh, even parts of Star Wars that maybe he's not excited about. If other creators are, he can still help with mm -hmm. the, the themes and the lore and the canon. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I like that take on it. It's like it's the true nature of balance, right? Balance isn't mm-hmm. isn't isn't gray, touching both sides. It's standing before one that overtakes the other, like before the dark side. Not one, but the, <laughs> the dark side taking it. So I'm not saying the 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 in the weeds and the nerds is the dark side, but uh, yeah, that that's true. Balance. No, that's true balance. No, it just it it just it needs balance. Yeah. Uh, another quote from the article uh, comes from the the actor who portrayed Sabine and Ahsoka, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. Uh, Natasha says, uh, you just learn a lot from Dave in general, I think. I know that he's uh, traditional in the sense of how he learned so much from George. He has these pillars of storytelling that are dear to him, and then everything else can be untraditional. Uh, I really hear in that quote, a balance of the old and the new, a, a need to say, these are some pillars that we need to be really careful about, but also once those pillars are in cement, let's go bonkers. Yeah. Did you feel that balance that Natasha Lou Berdizzo was talking about. Did you feel that in Ahsoka, a respect for pillars and uh, also a passion for introducing untraditional to Star Wars? Yeah, actually, I'm going to stop and think about that for a second and say, yeah, I actually feel that. And and just in some of the going to, you know, Pridia being outside the galaxy, that seems so small in a way. But, you know, we've we've I've been someone who's been like, I don't give a damn about the unknown regions. I don't care. Other than if we got to go for Exegol or we got to go have lunch with Thrawn, great. But like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm here for this galaxy. Like that's from 1977 on, I've been, and then this one pushed it and it was kind of fun and exciting to be, even I had that moment of like, oh no, we're, we're, you know, it, we're like uh, uh, Frodo and Sam and Mary and Pippin. They've never been this far from the Shire. <laughs> like, whoa, what are we doing? And, and that was kind of fun and exciting in terms of just something new, designs, and, and but also taking the familiar and, and taking those big tenets. So the, 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 the building blocks of the Star Wars lessons and themes are so present during the show uh, that, that uh, even when I wasn't super connecting with them, I, I felt, I felt <clears throat> that being there. But also, it, it, you know, in a show that I felt I got everything I – I could have predicted Dave would have done that. And I guess we're going to get to that. And yes, we did get to that. There's also new things every episode. And I I think maybe that relates to what Natasha and and you're talking about. Yeah, I think so. Um, And for me, that was, that was a a big, yes. I feel like the ideas of Ahsoka are the, the, those Star Wars pillar ideas are familiar. You know, there's issues of uh, connection and fear and generational change and breaking the cycle. And within that, then there is also pushing into the new in a big way. The, the the literal new galaxy is that perfect Star Wars new and old that no matter how familiar we, the audience, get with the the uh, universe of Star Wars, that there is new to explore. Yep. And that sense that there is... Uh, I've always loved the sense of the ancient in Star Wars from when I was a little kid and, and old Ben Kenobi said, and, uh, that's a name and I've heard in a long time, long time, yeah. uh, which when I was a child, 20-ish years, ancient. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I need that spirit of the truly, deeply ancient in, in Star Wars. And this was a new way to unlock that old feeling yeah. of the truly, deeply ancient. So it was yeah. new with Great Pillar. I think another uh, thing that is both new and old in Ahsoka, which I really uh, appreciated that sense of, uh, all right, gloves off, uh, sleeves rolled up, nothing is off the mm. table is something that fans have discussed uh, for years, just being tackled head on. The idea that, yes, uh, there are some people who are have, have greater natural talent at connecting with the Force, but it is in everyone uh, at different levels. And even if it's in you in just a very small way, like Sabine, that's something that you can... Uh, that you can train toward and, and work toward. Yeah. Um, that that strikes me as the kind of idea that at different points, maybe some people would say, that's too sacred, that's too sensitive, that's too big of a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Let's not touch it. Mm-hmm. And I think just plowing into that story, which I really look forward to, to talking about in, in greater depth, um, really has that George Lucas spirit of, why not? Mm-hmm. It's a story. We're making things up. And there are parts of the story to me that are sacred and we don't touch. And everything else is like, nah, I want to do that. So I'm just going to dive into the deep end. I don't care. And I think Star Wars needs that that spirit. Yeah, it's that that 
legendary, what we consider a hallway conversation of George Walker by Dave. Guess what? Maul's back. He's dead. You figure it out. I don't know. He's back. And (laughs) And almost like Dave said that to himself, right? Like, all right, Sabine's, she's trained to be a Jedi. How? We're going to figure that out because here's some things in Star Wars that we can explore and we can use it. Uh, that feeling, that Finn has a feeling vibe that I love. And so, yeah, I agree with you. That was one of my favorite ideas that they uh, put in the show. And it was new but old. <laughs> new but old. New but old. Um, how do you think, uh, l- looking at the the Carrie Beck side of things, mm-hmm. do you have any uh, uh, strong feelings about how this leadership uh change confirmation will impact what actually gets made do you have thoughts do you have hopes i i guess it's only hopes right uh one of those we're not in those meetings conversations carrie's going to bring in or seek out the people she wants to bring in and and probably has some strong opinions about who those people are and and but it's still right now you know kathleen kennedy is still there and and, and we always hear force center say that in the greatest way possible but clearly she's probably looking at uh, you know the future exit strategies mm-hmm. and here's here's these two folks been working hard so i don't know if anything will change right now um i know a lot of people want they claim they want a cohesive plan and everything why would you want that as a creative <laughs> why would you want to be locked too much into anything uh let's flow uh let's go with the flow and go where the story wants us to go uh but i think they are going to at least know you know Hey, this is yeah. We're bringing you in. We got some ideas, and can can those two I can those concepts meet? That's just my thoughts on that. So, anyways, I guess to more directly answer it, I haven't had coffee yet, Joseph. Um, I don't think I don't think we're going to feel the change immediately, and I don't. I mean, no. in a good way. Uh, I don't think in terms of. I feel like Lucasfilm knows that they have either announced or there have been rumors that that fans have gotten attached to lots of projects that have stalled. Mm-hmm. I think they're really going to try to make uh, at least two out of the three of the movies that they announced happen. Yeah. Uh, so I think in terms of the movies, that's great. I think we're in this time of great change for streaming. Uh, Bob Iger has made public statements about wanting to to pump the brakes on Marvel and maybe up to an extent Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. We've already got Skeleton Crew coming. We've got the Acolyte coming. The biggest reaction I had to this was uh, I, I had concerns that, as has happened to poor Ahsoka before, <laughs> that there would be a long pause in her storyline. I mm. could see Iger coming in and saying we've had some struggles with the interconnected storytelling with uh, the people who don't know who Lobot is feeling like there's too much homework to enjoy mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The easiest way to address that mm-hmm. is Go back to them cartoons, Filoni. No Ahsoka. <laughs> no New Republic movie that relies on, mm. you know, four, five, six seasons mm. of streaming television. I had those concerns. Yeah. The article even addresses that. Ahsoka the season two has not been uh, announced uh, or, or, or green-lighted, green-lit. Um, but I feel like this does mean that Ahsoka season two in that New Republic era storyline will be completed in the next few years. I think Filoni being in this position is some insurance against Iger or the next executive just wiping that off the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dave is famously protective over Ahsoka, right? We know this from (laughs) so many different people. Uh, So now he's going to be super, super protective. I have her locked in a castle. You cannot take her from me, Uncle Bob. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, you and I have uh, is is uh, is so many uh, fans have have wondered, speculated, dreamed about a uh, Luke's Jedi Academy school with mm-hmm. uh, Ben Solo at some age. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book establishes that Luke had a functioning Jedi order with Jedi who went out on missions. Yeah. Uh, 
this is uh, more on the wild speculation side. But given that Filoni started his career with the Clone Wars animated series that greatly expanded the prequel era, gave it new context. Many people credit the Clone Wars for making them like the prequel films even more. It does give me some hope that maybe that uh, Luke's Jedi Academy animated series could be a possibility. This is on the wild speculation side of things for me. I love it. I love a good wild speculation. I think it's, I think it's more than uh, possible in in many ways. And, 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 you know, we know bad batch wrapping up uh, the next time it's out, you know, something's going to be behind that. And, and it's uh, that, that's something that's, uh, that's fertile ground for me. And and I know for you, it has been for a while to just uh, play around in that era. There's so much. And, and because, you know, we're still in this, and I don't, I don't think this is the clue to confirming your speculation, but, you know, because of where we're at, like the Ahsoka series, we mentioned Leia, you don't get a, you know, Luke's been around in controversial ways if you mm-hmm. <laughs> with the tech. And I, and that means we still, they're still there doing something. And it'd be great to find out sometime uh, how they do that, how they pull it off. It's, it's obviously real world difficult or you have to make some tough choices, but animated Luke and young Ben series. I can, I can see the font. See the photos. Yep. <laughs> uh, you're already down to the logo. That's how down excited you logo. are. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, final thing for me on on this topic is uh, I am also extremely excited. I, I have the couple legacy things that mean a lot to me, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited for new voices, new characters, new eras, new yeah. perspectives. And the idea of, of people coming in with takes born of their own personal lives and experiences and and really explosively different and Floney helping keep them grounded in what has come before, but allowing them to be explosively different and unique. Mm. I'm really looking forward to that in the next few years of star Wars as well. Yeah. That's uh sounds like a win for me. Uh, so here is one more question pulling from this article for you, Ken mm. Floney has often talked at conventions and interviews about star Wars being a connected story. And, and he has said many times publicly, that's what fans like. They like that. It's a connected story. Uh, but there has been industry concern about too much interconnection. Uh, what are your hopes for how connected stories are going forward since the now chief creative officer is of the opinion that people really like it, but there has been some pressure from audiences and from the industry too too yeah. many storylines to keep track of, too much entertainment that feels like homework is necessary. Yeah, I, I, I hope there's, I, and I think there's a good balance and has been a good balance. Going back to our conversation we said about the different genre uh, or, or, you know, levels of fans, so to speak, not in terms of knowledge, but in terms of what they engage with. Uh, I think there's been a good balance, but I I know he had that he had that one quote and I don't know if I fully agree with him on that. Um, I, I, I just don't know. Again, uh, Ahsoka was was homework for um, a lot of friends I know who, who pulled out because of that, just stopped. And mm-hmm. One of them was a, giant rebels and clone wars fan and he goes i don't have time for this he <laughs> stopped watching uh so i i have a little trepidation about that but like a lot of I, like going to the mangold film of the don the jedi wherever that is you know i don't need like i i if if, if prime jedi doesn't show up or isn't mentioned that would be weird to me right but i don't want it to be jedi prime story i, I don't want that um because I need that to connect to the last Jedi. I want them just to explore what they want. And it's not simply, all right, let's find ways to connect it. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes that's like the novels. The novel, the novels of the last five, six years have been, cool, how do we have fun with this idea that got put in the movies that maybe we can backfill and explore it? And, and maybe I, I'd like the novels to get out ahead of that or something like that. I don't know. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't need that really, really interwoven stuff. I don't need it all lead to anything else. And I don't even think <clears throat> your question is about an MCU style and credits kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't want it to be, I want, I want there to be so much room. It's such a big galaxy. And I'm someone who has said, and, 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 and held to the line of like between uh, revenge of the Sith and new hope. That's the 19 years I love. Give me all the stories there. Um, but I'm excited for acolyte and I'm excited that mm-hmm. acolyte, it's going to be something brand new and exciting. And I want all of it. So I I want to make sure I'm understanding Dave right. I haven't had this conversation with Dave. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Like, I, I don't think necessarily he means everything's connected. But I think sometimes that gets pulled out of the of the quote. And that's what some fans think that, that he means or think that's what they're getting. 
And mm-hmm. so the final thought I have on that, Joseph, is Dawn of the Jedi comes out, is its own movie with its own ideas and its own characters. And it's connected in a Beverly Hills adjacent kind of way to some of our big ideas, some of the big names and characters and stories. And people might be upset. And I yeah. just, I don't want that false expectation. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you. Um, and, I, and I agree with some of the, the comments uh, coming in here. And speaking of the comments, uh, thank you uh, for the the uh, lively conversation. We got a, a couple of very kind super chats. We didn't even ask, and you, you gave us some nice super chats. So thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I, I want to discuss a little bit this uh, how connected things are, but I also want to let you know if you have any questions. We're not going to go too terribly long. Yeah. But if you have any specific questions on this uh, news about uh, Filoni and Carrie Beck, feel free to put them in the comments uh, while I while I share some quick thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I think the whole interconnected thing really, it is a perception thing, and it is just a reality of each individual show. I do enjoy that Star Wars is all this one great tapestry, and, and yeah. for me, sometimes that comes up. Uh, in Mandalorian Season 2, when Grogu made the call and a Jedi was going to show up, you know, you and I had a episode before it came out, and like, well, who is going to show up? And, and we both came down to, like, the... I don't think it's going to be Luke, but it feels like it should be Luke because we all know that's who at that point in the galaxy is is there. Mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. like those moments. And I do think those moments are valuable and important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need everything to be super interconnected. I think the homework thing is a danger. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk much more about Ahsoka. Uh, but I was having a, a conversation um with my wife and I had a, uh, we weren't broadcasting. So every once in a while I would text a friend (laughs) (laughs) to talk about star Wars and joked about the, like, uh, I wonder, I wonder, this is a joke. I don't think it's actually a good idea, but it amused me to imagine different shows in star Wars, MCU, other interconnected storytellings with a, uh, a rating system of how much of the Canon you need to be familiar with, Mm. you know, Mm. like, is Andor a G and Ahsoka is an NC-17? <laughs> if we're going to rate on how much uh, yeah. you need. Uh, so that, it's a jokey thought. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I saw some people saying in, in, in the comments uh, uh, the idea of it doesn't matter how interconnected, it matters how well the story is told, which I yeah, think yeah. is a, an evergreen, wonderful point. Yeah. I think what's really vital to me in the interconnected stories uh, is that each story is its own own meal and you don't feel like it is as marvel gets accused of sometimes a setup for the next story yeah that the main characters have a beginning and middle and end that the central plot of that episode that series has a beginning a middle and an end yeah and the other thing for me is i think we get into the weeds on canon and lore and what matters to me is emotional accessibility, emotional clarity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know all of the stories leading into Ahsoka, and there were some moments where I still wanted more emotional reminders of of why the characters felt the way they felt. Mm -hmm. I saw online some people with, uh, who didn't know Star Wars very well with the other opinion of like, I, I don't know, I don't know what they're talking about, but I understand these two women who want to be connected and aren't connected anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 for people who felt that way, I'm absolutely thrilled. But that's what I want. I want the, you can tune in mm-hmm. and maybe you don't know why that, that guy's on the hologram with the red saber and you don't know why half the audience is applauding, but you know exactly how the main character feels about it. Mm-hmm. That emotional clarity is what is needed to me. And I don't want to lose that in any uh, of the stories that yeah. do connect. Yeah, it's the big why, right? We we love the why's yeah. of things here, and yeah, that Luke example is still one of the greatest ones to me. Is like, uh, and we had fun speculating. I, I, you know, the reason you might not choose Luke at that point in Mando season two is you, you didn't know how they were going to pull it off, right? Like we didn't, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it just make it makes sense when you stop and deal with the themes and the story and the emotional clarity that you're talking about, and that's the kind of stuff that works for me. Uh, and and I think we'll get it. Yeah, I think we'll get no, it. absolutely, absolutely. All right, Ken, uh, have any, uh, you got any questions coming in here? Uh, yeah, I'll pull some up. Uh, I was, uh, for a second, I was like, uh, questions for myself? Um, no, not yet. Uh, all right, so let's, uh, 
Let's go to uh, Jared uh, Kozal here. Says, uh, the line between creative and business executive will always blur, but I don't think Dave Filoni will ever want to take a job that requires sitting in quarterly report meetings with Bob Iger. And the question, more of a statement than a question, but it's a top final topic for me of just like, <laughs> yes. And that's why the conversation around Dave replacing Kathleen Kennedy is, is might be uh, interesting in spirit to me, but I just don't think that's the reality. And I don't think mm -hmm. I've never seen an interview where I, I felt that that's what the job Dave wanted. I think this might've been the job Dave wanted and not coveted and yeah. schemed and got a bigger cowboy hat for I just like, yeah, this is a natural progression of his career. You know. Yeah, and there's some some great stuff in the article as well that we didn't uh, get a chance to talk about of Filoni saying he really needed to do a full season of a show by himself so he knew all of the things that showrunners uh, and yeah. and directors run into. So I think that that is a, a great um, perspective to be able to say, yep, I know I know budgets and personalities and all these things that need to be managed are, are absolutely uh, a part of this. Mm -hmm. I understand mm -hmm. what that's like. Anyway, yeah. back to the timeline of Tabana Gas, which is now my favorite <laughs> example of. I don't know. I'm just I'm just best been focused today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's. I think everything. All the other super chats we want to thank. They're not questions. They're just very nice comments. So I like them. Uh, Herb has dropped by for a second. Say thanks for you bringing the Star Wars community. Callie Kid, bonjour, Force Center, Force Bagels and Coffee. I haven't had <laughs> breakfast yet, so that's exciting to me. Uh, what a great joy to see your faces. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, and, and Callie Kid again. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, you know, Joseph and I, uh, yeah, we're just like, well, let's just go live. We can do this. We're, we're leaning more into uh, YouTube. So let's <laughs> do it. So thanks. Thank you for all showing up for this surprise broadcast today. Yeah, absolutely. And lots of, lots of great thoughts, lots of great comments. Uh, thank you all for being here in the chat, uh, as we go live. Uh, Ken, uh, if you're ready to wrap up, I have a final question for you. Trying to, trying to keep things fun. Let's do it. Yes. If, you could have a Vanity Fair article written about any job promotion you've taken in your life. Uh, what job would you want to be interviewed about in Vanity Fair? <laughs> um, it's either the ones that didn't work. <laughs> Here's Ken when he took a head writer job at Collider Video, a job he hated the day before he <laughs> stepped into it. Uh, maybe that would be the article. And then the, the, the themes would be how does he find the right place for himself in the galaxy? Yes, I, that's that's beautiful, a beautiful theme. Uh, I had a, a temp job, I believe this was the summer of 1997, because I got through the temp job trying to guess which new Power of the Force figures would be released. <laughs> uh, but the job was on a, a knife packaging line, and the job was to take big knives out of their sheaths, sheaths <laughs> shove them into the wood block, and then take the entire wood block full of loose, giant knives and put it through a shrink wrapper and catch the, in theory, uh, knives that have actually been uh, successfully shrink wrapped. Usually didn't, weren't successfully shrink wrapped and knives flat at you. And uh, the way I was promoted in this job uh, was the, the lead person would often cut themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, uh, what happened to the last guy? He died. It's your job. Yeah. How did you get this job? <laughs> well, the other guy cut themselves. Uh, Not on purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do, you know, just sorry, uh, this one kept, I, I saw this question as we wrap up. What do you expect, when do you expect the skeleton crew to be released? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the mystery. This show that's just ready and, and willing to come on out and uh, everything, obviously, understandably, and I think with good reason, the strikes upset things. Um, they'll, they'll wait to see. I also think, they're waiting to see if we restrike, <laughs> and and possibility that happens. So maybe they're like, let's not put it out there yet. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was. Uh, I know it was rumored to be around now, and I think yeah, it yeah. made a lot of sense as a Thanksgiving. It, it seems like such a it is for the entire family kind of show. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is about kids taking their new steps but it is going to be i think nostalgic to people who grew up with amblin entertainment films so oh perfect for thanksgiving i think the strike happened i think uh the in terms of promotion jude law is going to need to carry this entire thing on his back and they need him out there making omelets and charming the pants off of humans yeah. on good morning america for eight weeks straight to sell this show they need him out there yeah so i think that the other thing uh that I feel as a Doctor Who fan, 
there's an in, there isn't um entire overlap between Star Wars and Doctor Who, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but this weekend, Doctor Who is going to be available in America exclusively on Disney Plus. And if you are a Doctor Who, Who fan, this is seismic. This is mm-hmm. the actual Doctor Who specials that are coming out are a huge relaunch of the series. I won't get into why. Um, but it's also, I think, m- maybe some awareness on Iger's part that we're, we've been so focused on uh, the value of streaming services is showing, showing you, look, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this, mm. that we are competing with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and like the Kenobi Miss Marvel uh, uh, tragedy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I think uh, there also might be a, Let's let Doctor Who breathe and put everything we have between that before just rushing into to Star Wars. Um, Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, Maddie Gunner says it, it's not on BBC. Uh, it is in the in the UK, but it used to be on BBC America, but they have partnered with, with Disney. So it is going to be on Disney Plus, and Disney needs to put its back into that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a relaunch for people who love Doctor Who, and I think it's absolutely going to be a jumping on point. And I'm so glad that they are not splitting my focus between yeah. Star Wars and Doctor Who. It's a it's a real thing. As someone who puts out too many podcasts in his entire life, you can steal from yourself. So I'm glad <laughs> you're all here on Force Center today. I agree with that. Uh, and yeah, I don't mean to be a, a, a doomsday uh, prophet here. That that deal is not ratified yet and there's we'll see I, i'm hopeful i'm hopeful but it's been an interesting time the last week or two hasn't it around town yeah um yeah so we're gonna choose hope joseph that's my final thoughts anything from you uh i i would i will i will have what you're having hope <laughs> Hope indeed. We're on out of here. Uh, we're getting on out of here, I should say. Thanks for listening on this live edition on YouTube. But some of you might be listening later on the podcast. And you can find the podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, tune in to more. The, I, some people were important. Some weird download errors. Uh, mm. Nothing on our end. And nothing that ACAST can report. It just depends on where you're getting it. There might be some issues. We'll monitor it. Let us know. We apologize for that. And a reminder, Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. So if you, if you listened over there, that might also be, well, might be what you're missing. We're on all the social media spots. Just look. Links are down below. You can follow me. You can follow Joseph. Links are down below. We're going to get on out of here because uh, it's a Wednesday. And we got we got some fun work to do in our lives. We'll see you all. <laughs> Bye. This was Force Center.